Today's show is sponsored by Miracle Made. And oh my God, you guys, you know that I love a luxurious set of sheets. And I now have such a set of sheets because of a miracle made. They are bedding that has been inspired by NASA. They've got silver infused fabrics that actually make temperature regulating a thing. Uh, so you're not like getting too hot or too cold or whatever, you know, the whole thing that happens with your body's temperature losing its mind. Miracle made helps with that. One of the little things that my husband particularly loves about Miracle Made is that it like doesn't have as much bacteria as regular sheets because of it's infused with this silver that prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial growth. So it leaves the sheets cleaner for longer. And then the thing for my husband is that it doesn't give him acne, which is like an issue for some people. But more than all of that, it's just luxuriously comfortable and delightful. And it has that cooling feeling while also being cozy. Very hard to achieve those two things at the same time. I mean, miracle made, come on, well done. So here's what I think you should do. I think you should go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and buy some sheets today. And if you order today, you can save 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation at the checkout and you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. So there's just a lot of savings here, folks. Order today, you'll get 40% off. Use the promo code fake the nation. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation. And Miracle's so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30 day money back guarantee. So if you're not 100% satisfied, which I don't see happening, um, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and use the code fake the nation to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash fake the nation to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Fake the Nation, episode 165. Yeah. My thing is I feel like most people would have seen me at like Eyes wide shut style orgies, but then I'm wearing a mask. <laughs> <laughs> Definition of can, irony. I, I think you can have that as a, yeah. You may Going know me from a mask sex party. Two, one. Hello, hello. This is Break the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about politics, and where we ask all of the bosses in America to calm down. I mean, it's after Labor Day, but we don't need to be a dick about it. I am your host, Nagin Farsad, and. Is it just me or is the like after school post Labor Day zeal on the American working front so much more intense this year uh, than previous years? I don't know, at least for me. Uh, also, why aren't we all uh, French? I'll just continue to say that for my entire <laughs> life. Why aren't we all French? Globally, why aren't we all French? Uh, because they, we just, I, I worked in uh, Paris for a bit of a time. I'm not trying to brag. Listeners, do you know this about me? I'm pretty sure I've mentioned it. Oh, it sounds like a brag. It's a little bit of a brag. (laughs) And they just weren't, you know, that intense about it, uh, about any of it. And it was like a nice way to live. Come see, come saw. You know, weirdly, too, I also had a living wage uh, as a waitress. So, anyways, that's fiction. (laughs) It feels like sci-fi. Like it feels like I'm talking about you know some sort of like Game of Thrones fantasy. Asimov. Yeah, (laughs) he's a science fiction. Um. Anyway. 
Anyways, you guys, what am I saying? Uh, today, we're not gonna talk about France. Like, maybe just like only tangentially. We're eating baguettes, though, throughout the podcast. I want everyone on to peur? know that. Would that be correct? Uh, on peur, we have to um, today we're going to talk about the sentient Chipotle burrito in the White House and his fetish for <laughs> and his fetish for maps and terrorist organizations. Uh, we'll also talk about Brexit. Oh, we have a special person here to talk about that. And um, finally, cycling is it a real possibility to in our future? Okay, I'm so excited about this panel. Neither of these ladies have been here before. They're here mm-hmm. for the first time, bringing their energy, their new and newness <laughs> energy into Fake the Nation. Ah, oh, it's such a great feeling to have them both on. Mm-hmm. You guys joining us. Um, she, you know, she's a New York City uh, comedian. Uh, she's performed all over, <laughs> um, but most importantly, right now she has a show at the UCB and. And a lot of you know UCB because it's a fucking one of our fancy comedy institution here in New York City. She's got a show called Never a Boy. Um, and I've also been told it's not only super fucking hilarious, but unbelievably crude. It is un- it is unbelievably crude. And it's and it's a one-woman <laughs> show. I refuse to share the stage with anyone. <laughs> you guys, it's Chloe Kozer. Hello. I honestly, I expected to hear applause. <laughs> I honestly, but I was like, oh yeah, here comes that part. It's like, oh no. I was about to. Oh, we actually, we're going to originally do this uh, podcast at Yankee Stadium. Uh, oh. You know, so there would have been that applause. Yeah, my hot dog allergy, we couldn't do it. Right, right. So there, that's why we had to move locations. Um, also joining us for the first time, stand-up comedian and actress. You would have seen her on Mock the Week on Netflix or Game Face on Who? She's all over the place. She's also um, here very especially from uh, the fucking United Kingdom, which may or may not be crumbling as we speak. <laughs> it's on fire. <laughs> She's so funny. She's so fun. She um, has uh, just like a, a, an amazing uh, resume of the stuff she's done in the United Kingdom. And she's just bringing that juice here into the United States. And we're so excited to have her. It's Tiffany Stevenson. Thanks. Hey. Yes. You did clap. I got your back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the neediness of performers. I was, did I get enough love? Clearly not. Um, <laughs> such judgment on my parents. Um, yes, the, I'm from the UK. It's on fire. Like when the world's on fire, travel. That's what I oh, think. So. Yeah, yeah. Run away from your problems. <laughs> um, okay, well, let's get into it because uh, we're going to talk about your fucking problems, you know, in a segment. Yes. Uh, but right now, <laughs> let's, let's talk about yours. <laughs> <laughs> let's start with topic number one. Everyone is working harder um, and after Labor Day, and that means popular vote-losing minority president Donnie Twimp is scandaling even harder. Uh, let's start <laughs> with the Taliban. So he announced on Saturday that he had canceled secret talks with the Taliban um, at Camp David. Uh, also, I feel weird. I'm, like, doing a Nevada, Nevada thing, like Taliban. Um 
How, what, how do you guys say it? Taliban? Uh, I said Taliban. When you said Taliban, it felt so classy. Yeah, yeah. And then I almost I felt like weird that I was eleganting up the fucking <laughs> Taliban. You know what I mean? Like they don't need any more elegance. Um, okay. Hey, guys, where are we, where are we eating tonight? <laughs> Taliban. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. I just turned them into like a swanky new restaurant where it's hard to get resis. I'd call it the old, the old tally. <laughs> Taliban, mate. The Taliban. Make it very yeah, nice. She, she's got and she knows yeah. the manager. <laughs> right. No, that's just like a fucking falafel joint. Um, all right. Here we go. So he, <laughs> we all, uh, we all um, want to get out of Afghanistan. Getting out is hard and it requires making some sort of a deal with the Taliban. Uh, and now the peace talks that have been going on with them for uh, the better part of a year have failed. What's strange is that he was going to have this secret talk, right? These secret talks at Camp David, um, also with the Afghan president. Um, and he was going to do it the weekend before 9-11. So that's interesting. And he was uh, – the other thing is nobody knew they were happening except for like just a handful of people. So he sort of like didn't need to tell us that they were going to happen and then he decided to cancel them. But that's what he tweeted, uh, which is also – Interesting, an di- interesting diplomatic move, and we can talk about why that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. But what did you guys make of this? I I feel like I'm just repeating what everyone else is saying in the world, but it just feels like a cartoon, like such a ridiculous failure. I mean, go 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 figure that he's a, a horrible diplomat. <laughs> yes. I would I would love to know why he canceled it. Like I can't help but feel like it was a personal stupid reason because it wasn't like the State Department. It was like him canceling golf? it. Yeah, golf. <laughs> I know, like taking a weekend to do talks. Like I don't, you know, like he doesn't really do weekends. Like I feel like likely feeling somehow disrespected by by somewhat normal political discourse well, the, and then the, disappearing. The sort of stated reason was that there was like a bombing that took the life of an American soldier. Uh, but the fact of the matter is the Taliban, um, you know, had waged high intensity warfare throughout the this 11 month negotiating period. So it's not like yeah. this one incident of a soldier dying in Kabul was really the 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 evidence of violence there had been multiple points of violence so that's not really you know that seems odd lives or soldiers or american citizens like there have been deaths in a a lot of places uh yeah so and and, and just to put a number on it there's been 16 um deaths of u.s service personnel uh, since the talks began so pointing out this one in kabul seems like not the reason yeah, I feel like he would have had to have been instructed to care. Right. <laughs> yes. Like someone's like, you should have an emotional response to a human dying. And it's like, well, if if you say so. Right. Occam's razor never really applies to Trump, does it? No. Um, <laughs> no. Unless what? it's him shaving his face. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, like the most obvious answer is the one that's in front of you. Or maybe it is actually. Maybe Occam's razor does apply. Um, that he just had another plan. Like maybe the joke I made about golf is the is, is the, the truth. The most truth. obvious yeah. that's what comes right. The most obvious solution <laughs> yeah. is the one that's right. Yeah, or the, the, the simplest. The, yeah, the simplest. Right, yeah. right, right. I feel like we have to have a new definition of simple in yeah. this area of like cartoon fascism. <laughs> I mean, you, we both have. We now both have blonde autocrats running stuff, which sounds oh, like yeah. a cool 
80s electronic outfit, oh, doesn't it? Does. You'd listen to them, right? Oh, You're going no, to no, see no, the blonde keyboardist. My guys, but they're B-sides. No, and, and what do you think of this... Um, do you think it was just he planned on having a thing, a photo op and it just – but there were – here's the thing. Like, no – I don't think it, very many people would have wanted him to have a meeting at Camp David because it's, like, august and American and da da, da. Like, these to- kinds of talks would technically – generally happen in, like, Qatar or something. You know what I mean? So do you think there was – that he just – I guess what I'm saying is I feel like he wanted a photo op. It became increasingly clear that a photo op came with too much international attention that wasn't going to deliver the uh, the same way Singapore didn't really deliver. North Korea still is, is it aiming for missiles. a Nobel Peace Prize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, he's just always going for a Nobel. And he's trying to maintain, you know, he's trying to keep his campaign promises. Uh, and he had said he's going to pull troops out and blah, blah, blah. Um, and then so to add to this Taliban story, John Bolton, who's our third uh, national security advisor, was fired or resigned. We've got two conflicting accounts, one from Donnie, known liar, and one from John Bolton, like terrible person, but I don't know how much he lies <laughs> necessarily. <laughs> um, but uh, right. So he says he says he, he offered to resign and that's kind of how it went down. But uh I, you know, I think that's the other thing is like, basically, what is the room like with one of with with Donnie and fucking Pompeo and and John Bolt? Like, who's how is any of diplomacy happening? <laughs> like, if you had to like guess, <laughs> is it just like I, I I legitimately think it is a large group of people trying to prep someone who is wholly unequipped and unpredictable to go do the work. Like, I'm just trying to picture, like, if I got, if if I was getting someone to do, like, one of my sets and I, instead of, like, another trans woman, I got some random bro cis dude and I, like, had to give them a quick, like, crash course in gender. <laughs> give it, and it's like, and just will you stay to the script and he's had, like, five Bud Light Limes. <laughs> and it's like, you know, maybe, maybe he does it. Maybe he goes out and says what's on the cards and... Maybe he wades into the audience, fists swinging. <laughs> it's, he's been criticised, hasn't he, for not letting national security deal with it. But it's like, it's okay, guys, I'm going to take him for a nice steak dinner. Danny's going to sort all of this out. Like, wow, what, was Donald Trump here? What, <laughs> what does he think is going to happen? Like, this, it's, it's good so that I'll sort it out. It's the kind of almost like dad approach to like kind of yeah. any kind of conflict. But the other thing is like, it's so dangerous to kind of keep, cl- clue him into any of the to keep him in the loop is so dangerous because because for him to tweet we were going to have this thing and I canceled it and then for him to go out in public say yeah the talks are dead they're dead and he kept saying that they're dead the talks are dead is v- makes the other party that you're trying to engage in peace talks with <laughs> very like not confident in you. You know what yeah. I mean? They're just going to be now entirely skeptical with like going into anything because you're like, oh, your plan is international humiliation. That's your plan. Every time, you know, not and the at- timing of this is so like, and off, then right, right around. Yeah. 
September 11th, uh, which is today, uh, as we, oh. we tape this on a Wednesday. Uh, so, okay, so that was all, you know, we'll see the repercussions. It also just feels like we, we do need to have some sort of a deal. In place. If we do want the troops to come home, and we do, I think uh, most Americans yeah. do, uh, the Taliban's going to have to be involved in that discussion. And that's yeah. the unfortunate reality. Uh, you can't ask Brit- Britain how to pull out because our prime minister doesn't even know how many kids he has. Right. So, so that's he clearly has a problem work. with pulling out. His Wikipedia page says five Slash or six. What? Are you <laughs> yes. serious? That's hilarious. Wow. Oh, I just also want and to we don't know it. how to leave as we're proving so brilliantly with Brexit negotiations. <laughs> Although we did leave in 2014. Obviously, we did. Um, we left Afghanistan. But it's, it, you know. Right. It's, but I. it's the other the other interesting thing is that Obama had, you know, recognized early on that like he was going to have to do negotiations with the Taliban. And of course, Donnie tweeted in 2012. I think it was 2012. Uh criticizing Obama for going into those negotiations, which is now hilarious. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Let's move on to uh, Donnie's other just sort of like beautiful performance from the last couple of weeks. I didn't even want to talk about this. I didn't talk about it last week. There was a hurricane. There was a doctored map, a map that was doctored with a Sharpie because he had claimed that the hurricane was passing through Alabama. The hurricane was not passing through Alabama. The local field office in Birmingham of the National Weather Service said, oh, guys, just so you know, it's like literally not going to pass through Alabama. So please calm down. Uh, You know, you don't need to put your barrels of grain into the house just yet. And so... Then uh, the news came out that what's-his-face, Wilbur Ross, had threatened to fire people at the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration for contradicting Donnie (laughs) on whether the hurricane was going to pass through Alabama. So now – so I I guess my question is we went from – I went from being like, I'm not going to cover this. This is noise. It's fucking absurd and ludicrous and embarrassing and ridiculous and a minor crime. But <laughs> I'm not going to talk about it. And now it feels like there's just so many tentacles that we – do you feel like it's rising to – do you feel like we should be talking about it basically? I – and I feel like it's 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 worth pointing out that this is what he's willing to do for pride. And I mean <laughs> you, you see a, like a lot of – berserk out there leaders have done that throughout history but whenever whenever i've read about it i mean like like and i don't know as much history behind this but like the castilian lisp that got adopted because monarch had a lisp and everyone else appropriated it it's like that's that's what's being done now like forcible ignorance it's like just nod your heads and this is just all the the proof of this leader who's a sociopath and has been rich his entire life and even like again his like diplomatic style is i am just going to play the power card every single time and if that doesn't work i'm going to play it again and i'm going to throw a tantrum i first of all i fucking love that you talked about the castilian lisp i had no idea but also that that's how it ended up uh manifesting manifesting itself and I didn't know and but that's such a fantastic example of how these things are ruinous because now all those people in Spain have a lisp. Well there's <laughs> yeah. a Turkmenistan like dictator who yeah. renamed all of the months 
after family members. Right, right, right. Yeah. So that's, he, this he, is what wild dictators yeah. do. And that is why it's, I think people should be talking about it, like really talking about it, because it is, you're politicising the weather. That's small talk. What are people going to do? Yeah. Like when you, the, the president says it's this, but it's clearly not. Yeah. The pr- president says the sky is pink, but it looks blue to me. And then you just get coshed, you know, like it's, yeah. it has a touch of the 1984 about it. And I don't mean to be, you know, these are the inches that people, if we ignore them, you know how the lobster doesn't know it's being boiled. Right, right. If you yeah. increase the temperature of the water incrementally. So I think if you keep letting things like this go, <laughs> when there are experts in the field going, no, this is not the case. Yeah. And you're suppressing that and saying, no, 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 you do not challenge our gracious leader. This is what he said. Like, I think it, I think it's really, really dark. I, I think it's really, yeah. impo- it, it's like from right when he took office and he was lying about the size of the inauguration crowd. I was like, oh, God, no. Yeah, I think and I think the nice thing about this particular situation, the one nice <laughs> thing about it is that now that there's these there were these threats of someone being fired. It's not just that we have the lying, right, that the, the we, it's not just that we have Sharpies on a map. It's that. There can be an ethics investigation into what into whether or not Wilbur Ross actually threatened to fire people for contradicting the president uh, based on the facts that weather wasn't going in that direction. Right. So uh, and there are people asking Ross to resign. uh, And I am a hundred percent for it because or, or at the very least, there should be due process because this is ridiculous above and beyond ridiculous that we're putting the lives livelihood of people um uh uh, below the president's pride (laughs) we're putting the president's pride above the livelihood of people is a better way of stating that but you know what i mean like so i feel like what's good about this situation is it got to the point where people were threatened to be fired and then had to put out a they had to put out a statement say you know sort of like acting like the president knew what he was talking about i mean it's it's crazy these things are a part of the public record and people listen to them yeah uh, I, 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 I didn't mean to say I, I was like that's really it's really really dark i didn't yeah. mean to like put that like kind of put no, that I, cloak I, I, across, but i it's feel dark. like it's the beginning of something Terrifying. Yeah, I mean, it's and I think it's really hard. People really, you know, and I'm one of them, criticize the media for what they cover. Uh, And for for the week of that hurricane, I was just like, we shouldn't be covering this. We should be covering his response to actual disasters. Like, I don't, you know, who cares? The Sharpie, But this whatever. is his response. But, this is, but his response his is, response. yeah, his, his response is, is, is dangerous and unethical. And people almost got fired. I mean, it's fucking crazy. So I think... Um, I, not, not to mention the fact that saying that a hurricane is going to go somewhere that it's very likely not going to leaves people ill-prepared for where right. it likely is going. It creates public panic. Everyone starts lisping. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's lisping, calling <laughs> calling the the months things like um, June. Jeff-tober. Jeff, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just making up, right. making stuff up. Like, <laughs> By the way, that's like one of my favorite dictators. I think one of the days, he he renamed Days of the Week. And I think one of the names, it's like Supermanat Niazov or something is the name, his name. I can't remember. And he named renamed one of the weeks like like wednesdays was like mother's day like about over like after his own mother's like the day that yeah they could like 
worship his mom. You, so <laughs> you give your least favorite family member Monday, right? Yeah. That's yeah. my Monday joke. <laughs> I'm a <laughs> professional comedian. <laughs> Um, yeah, you give Monday to your creepy uncle. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, you guys, let us um, take a quick break. Let's take a quick break and hear about our sponsors. Um, and when we come back, uh, we'll just fucking get into uh, the the lo- the garbage pile that is Brexit. <laughs> Today's show is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending. It helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. I have used Rocket Money. And you guys, honestly, I had no idea how many things I was subscribing to that I didn't want to be subscribing to. I think we all go into, we enter into subscriptions with a Pollyanna view that we're going to use as a subscription, even though it's a super obscure, you know, education app from Albania that uh, teaches Russian math or whatever. And then you're like, I'm never going to use this. Why did I get it? I should remember to cancel it. And then you don't. And I know you guys are like me and I know you've done this to yourselves. And guess what? 75% of people have subscriptions that they've forgotten about. So we're all in this bucket. And I think paying for that stuff is so angering and Rocket Money is there to help. Because basically Rocket Money shows you, hey, look at this is what all the things you are subscribed to. But then here's the bigger thing. To unsubscribe, you don't have to go through the whole rigmarole. Rocket Money unsubscribes for you with a click of a button. It's so easy. The other thing Rocket Money did for me, which I was incredibly grateful for, was reduce the cost of one of my bills. It was my cable bill. Yes, I still have cable. Rocket Money has over 5 million users that have saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. I mean, tracks for me and for the number of things I was paying for that I'm frankly ashamed of. So thank you, Rocket Money, for like fixing the shame glaze on my life. Uh, So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Again, that's rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation, you guys. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. 
We are back. And before I get into the next topic, I just want to uh, let you guys know there's this fantastic thing going on this weekend. It's called the New American Festival. Uh, maybe I've mentioned it before. Um, I'm actually a, a small part of this festival, but the festival has so many amazing events, um, so many great comedians. Uh, Hassan Minaj is doing the festival. Um, and me. I'm doing the festival on Sunday at 4 p.m. I'd love to see you there. I'm on with Aparnanan Charla, who you know from this very show, uh, and Ronnie Chang from The Daily Show. Um, and oh my God, it's just like the, the lineup is incredible. And I really hope that if you are in New York City, um, you uh, pick up some tickets and come on out. It's at the, it's, uh, you can get tickets at newamericanfestival.com uh, slash tickets. So newamericanfestival.com slash tickets. Um, for any of the shows this weekend, I specifically am on one Sunday at 4 p.m. So please come out. Uh, all right, let us move on to topic number two. Boris Johnson is not having the Brexity time he thought he would as prime minister. Um, he tried to outsmart parliament by shrinking the amount of time they had to talk about a new Brexit deal. It's a thing they call proroguing, um, which also ridiculous that you guys have a word for it anyway. And it uh, only rhymes with Joe Rogan. It does. <laughs> it's the time that, that parliament spends to podcast. Yeah. Um, he imagined uh, he could pull off a no-deal Brexit um, by, by by basically keeping people out of the building. Uh, but then Parliament passed a bill that essentially said, you have to have a deal and uh, you have to ask Europe for an extension. Uh, and that was particularly embarrassing to Boris because he had vowed not to ask for an extension. I mean, what is going on? Well, Tiffany, it, can you explain your people uh, to us? If you had homework, would you be allowed this many extensions? <laughs> Like at this point, you're like, why haven't you handed this in on time? I'm an enthusiastic crier, so yes. <laughs> um, where to begin? Boris was like my worst case scenario. I was glad Teresa had gone because she was ruining leopard print for everyone. Um, so, <laughs> like, it's the people's print. Step off it. It's not for you. Um, but yeah, Boris, how do I describe Boris? I describe him as being more irritating than the wrong size tampon. And by that, I mean he provides a chafe that is constant and borders on the existential. It's like, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) A very graphic description, right? But I think a fair one. Um, So this is the worst possible scenario. I mean, I'm laughing, but I I honestly don't know what's going to happen. My kind of sort of leanest hope is that there's this kind of cross-party majority in talks of like putting Theresa May's deal on the table again, but also having a second referendum in which, you know, the ideal scenario would be we stay in the EU. Yeah, and so this whole thing was just for no reason. But, yeah. Wait, do you... Well, also, it's a huge embarrassment for Boris. Like, it's got biblical. Even his own brothers walked. He yeah, got rid of you, 21 Tory about, MPs. Right. Can you talk about that? I'm so fascinated by the 21 MPs and his brother. Like, so just explain for people who might not understand, like, what happened? Well, this is the same as sort of with Trump. It's that thing of Boris and Trump both having this kind of sharing this disagree with me and be fired. Right. So so Boris kind of was pushing for an early election, um, which was his way to kind of distract from the deal and everything else. So Corbyn and everyone else, like they've all said no. And he said, unless you back me in this, I'm going to sort of withdraw the whip, which means that, that there are MPs there with peerages and stuff who like lifelong, you know, 
In fact, Winston Churchill's grandson, I think, oh, yeah. or great nephew. I can't remember his grandson. Yeah, I think or his grandson. Um, and and considering Boris looks up to him, that's that was pretty remarkable. So, so yeah. So basically, so they like broke ranks with the party. Yes, they did. Look at, he said, "Unless you stand with me on this, like agree with me, or like back me, or quit." I think it was back. He was like, I remember seeing a headline that said, um, but yeah, back me or be sacked. And I thought, back and sack, you've only left crack. <laughs> like, we all know those are the three that go together. Yeah. So it was it was like, back me on this, back me on this or crack. Uh, yeah. So, so it's sort of unprecedented scenes, really. I don't even really know. Like... And, this and his morning, own brother is a, it was a member his of the own brother, cabinet. Yes, yeah. Who also left All, a lot, over this. A lot of the Johnsons are kind of uh, media figures and they, there's tons of them. I mean, I joked earlier that he doesn't know how many kids he has. I don't know that Bo- um, Stanley Johnson, his own dad, knows how many because they keep they seem to keep appearing. I think Johnsons <laughs> have disappeared from public life and then another one pops up and another one pops up. So yeah, his brother quit the quit because he couldn't, in all good consciousness, it feels like from conservative MPs, it feels really kind of like they're making a moralistic stand, which is worth noting. And because, you know, as as someone who bashes the conservatives on a regular basis, these are people going, this is going to be devastating for our country. There's no plans. Boris is one of the people who marched us into this in the first place, which is why it's so galling for him to now be Prime Minister because he was the one with Nigel Farage that were pushing the Brexit, the Leave campaign and writing lies on the side of a bus. We all know if it's on the side of a bus, you should believe it, right? (laughs) I mean, but, but, but having said that, people did vote believing that we gave the EU millions of pounds and they said on the side of the bus we'll put that straight back into the NHS that money can go to the NHS um and they just lied and there's been no consequences for that and this has been dragging on for 3 years like i once flirted with a guy in the office for 3 years who turned out to be gay <laughs> and honestly that was less of a waste of time like I like mean, i don't yeah. know i don't know what else to say at this point like how, where do we go from here that's my only hope like i mean he's he's going to go and they're going to Theresa May's deal which is a bad deal which has been you know like they've turned that down three times mm-hmm. but i guess that's the best possible outcome for me for what i want politically right. is for them to go in another option is to ask for an, an extension france are not going to be willing to extend an, extend unless unless we dramatically kind of something dramatically changes yeah so I think the it rest of Europe are just like laughing at us at this point. In a court case, you can't, you know, you can't ask for an extension unless there's new evidence, right? So, like, there yeah. has to be something, yeah. I, I, I see France's point. Yeah. Um, but the, what, and it, it's, it, and it, be, it looks so dire. To me, the idea that 21 MPs broke ranks is so fascinating. And the It's like a Watergate is, moment. That's how I sort of described right. it, right? Yeah. It's, it's fascinating because can you, Chloe, imagine 21 members of the GOP breaking ranks with the president over anything? No, no I, I can't. It, especially, I mean, because the Republican Party is just focused on consolidating power. I, I do want to say one thing that bugs the hell out of me is like if you are an objector, if you are the the prime minister is your brother and you disagree, don't resign. Don't give your spot that's gonna go to someone else who's for it. Like yeah. stay and fight, 
you coward. Yeah. Yeah. Is that how? It's no, like, it it's... didn't. It didn't quite go down like that. Like it. It was. If you vote against me, I'll fire you. Like they didn't. Oh, they didn't step I down. See, he sacked I them. See. Oh, he withdrew the. Yeah, yeah, he withdrew the. Oh, yeah. They fire didn't. MPs? They didn't walk. I mean, they knew going in if they made this call. Yeah. That they would be fired. Okay. That I didn't get the that Prime from Minister the coverage. I got to be honest. That makes sense, though. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure. Can we? Can we? Fa- can we fact check that? Boots. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah, correct. So they didn't walk. They didn't. They didn't oh walk. wow! No, yeah, they, I, he he was like, you, you. If you vote against this, you're gonna. I'm gonna withdraw the whip. I'm gonna take that. Yeah. So and, and we still and have hunting terms in our government. It's <laughs> that's where that comes the, from. Part of the part of the I think problem, and even just like talking about Brexit, is that as Americans, we don't understand fucking new elections. All this whole thing is just very and like firing people. Like, how is that possible? You know what I mean? <laughs> It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't track. But that makes sense that they that twenty one people uh, would rather lose their jobs. It just doesn't seem in in the in the American context. It would be like you know f- face a primary challenge. Um, you well, that's know, why I thought in, it was like Watergate because there was that moment, wasn't there, where uh, Republicans went right we can, in good consciousness. We can no longer support this support president. What's go- yeah, this president and what they're doing. So it's kind of a version of that, but with they were told ahead of time, unless right. you support it, you'll, you know. Um, I mean... So they're falling on their swords. So yeah. it looks like, right, it looks like uh, there's very little that can happen, right? Like there... Um, if he refuses to ask for an extension, which is a possibility... Uh, he could face impeachment. He he doesn't want to. Um, he doesn't. Well, actually, uh, he could be jailed for contempt. Right. Oh, so that, wouldn't that? Be but amazing. it almost seems like it almost seems like Boris he, behind bars. I could already see it. <laughs> but, uh, but do you almost Boris. feel like he wouldn't mind being jailed for contempt? Oh, I think he would think it would make him a martyr to the cause. Right. I really, genuinely. I mean, having said that, he wrote an article, a newspaper article, kind of. To, for all the reasons we should stay in the EU before he jumped on the... For kind of political glory, I think. I've watched Boris Johnson do this over a number of years. He's played a very slow game. When the the uh, when we voted to Brexit, mm-hmm. uh, after the referendum, um, Cameron had to quit. and Because the, the only reason he was... He was trying to shore up these U- UKIP vote. He promised in order to get the, his government... You know that he would he would offer the he would offer these the kind refer- of you, the right. far right you know or right wing you know UKIP voters a referendum. No one thought that that we were going to vote. Yes. Yeah. No one thought. And when they say the will of the people, it's not the will of the people. It was something like seventeen point six million. Yeah. Versus like sixteen point nine or something. Right. Something so like ridiculous. and then then the rest abstained or aren't registered to vote or, you know. So so there's less will of the people. It was sort of half and half, really, at degrees. So, um, so so when that happened, um, Cameron... So this is Boris Johnson's long game. Boris was instrumental putting the lies on the side of the bus. The hateful posters basically um, going kind of, these people are taking your jobs. Right. You know, so like, like anti-immigrant, anti-immigrant, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, no, do you know what? Self-service machines are going to take your jobs eventually. But that's a whole other discussion. Right. You know, like automated yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> everything will all be replaced by machines. Uh, so um, 
So that that kind of went out into sort of jo- Johnson was behind that. And then obviously when the vote went through, it was like a poison chalice. And I, I always compare it to in the UK, there's a pier in Brighton. I think it's called the West Pier, which was burnt down, gutted. You can buy it for a pound, but you have to promise to spend like 25 million on it. Yeah. And that is a bit like the leadership during, like prime minister during this whole process. Like you can have it. There yeah. you go. But now what are you going to do? Because right, this right. is, it was, I used to say it's like the men made a mess and then they turned to the nearest woman and went, clear this up then. That's right, your yeah. job. Women clean stuff up. So Teresa, and I hate her. I, I, can't, I can't be clear about that. But in some ways, <laughs> I was like, what is she supposed to do in this situation? Right. She's been given a poison challenge. She's been given a no-win scenario. And then she was like, I'm going to quit. And, you know. And Which then- is, by the way, the the standard, like the way most female CEOs end up getting appointed as CEO is when a company is in dire straits. They bring on a woman uh, because most men reject the job. Right, because there's no so glory. Being, right. And uh, that's why Boris didn't even throw his hat into the ring. Well, he sort of did, and then he got stabbed in the back by Michael Gove. But it was, you could see it was career, I don't want to say politicking, but he, he was kind of making maneuvers. And then also he's this kind of clown and, you know, almost exactly the same as Trump, in fact, brought onto panel shows, like Have I Got News For You and yeah. Pat on the back and we all laugh and we all have a giggle at this like kind of, isn't he a clown? Look, his shoelace is always undone. If your shoelace is that, and it's all staged because if it wasn't, like your parents would have put you in Velcros when you were like 12 or 13. Sorry, <laughs> your boarding school headmaster would have put you in Velcros. <laughs> you know, if you were that incapable of like right. tying a shoelace or fixing your hair. So it's all been part of this very long process to kind of make himself seem affable and get here. And now it's an embarrassment. I mean, they're calling it a a sort of remarkable, like soundly defeated across the board in a remarkable streak. And I would say it's more of a skid mark on, you know, (laughs) British democracy. And I mean, okay, I don't I hate to ask for predictions, but how do you think this is going to shake out? <laughs> um, well, like I say, I'm hoping it shakes out with a with a second vote. I have no that, idea at this point. Does that feel point. like a popular... Is that, is that what people want? They want just another vote? Um, I think so. Yeah. I think an informed vote. Like we, kept, I think they should not call it a people's vote, I guess. I've just said people's vote, but it was people who voted the first time. Yeah. It wasn't aliens. So we, yeah. what we need to call it is a deal vote or an informed vote. So that we can have, you know, so that people have information and facts and then go, can we? I don't know if it's possible to still remain at this point. I think that's what people's vote were pushing, but then they were also pushing a deal vote. So the ideal scenario for me would be that we didn't leave, but we we can't have a no deal Brexit because that's economically. Right. But because also, and you know, what's interesting about all of this is like, this is what Putin wanted. Like yes. Putin wanted endless years of chaos, political chaos, in which the UK is so overwhelmed by this issue, it can't be any kind of a global force, right? And Europe, and and then it has spillover effects on the EU's ability to do anything on a global scale. I mean, it just is endless, the, the domino effect of this thing. And so it's like, and what's fascinating to me is why would Boris Johnson want that? Why would anyone in public life in the UK want that? I think I think 
And why and does Trump like want it? You know, why does Trump as, want it for the United States? Why does Boris want it for the UK? I mean, it's just like, it just, it defies logic to me. I think it's, if I have to burn this place down to rule it, I will. Right. Whatever it is to self-serving, better to rule in hell than serve in heaven. Yeah. I don't care what happens to this so long as, like, I benefit. Yeah. It's so, it feels, is it that dark? And it just feels that dark. <laughs> I, it's hard to not think that. I think there's a hell mouth in Westminster and we're going to have to send in Buffy. I don't know. Like, <laughs> Think of the heat in like London <laughs> recently. Like we're hotting up. Like I feel like a hell mouth is opening. That's all. Yeah. It's just getting, you know, climate change um, or a hell mouth. I don't know. Could I be mean, either. It is, it is that dark. Like, what, I, if, I, what if Brexit is the reason why the cl- the temperatures are going up? Just specifically, <laughs> it's Brexit. I think most climate scientists agree that it's yeah. Brexit. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We, I, it, we, we don't know for certain until someone puts it on a map in Sharpie. Right, right, yeah, Sharpie. yeah. Yeah. It's one of those like, really don't need. leave the, it's just like leaving the door open yeah. during the summer and your yeah. AC's on. That's what Brexit is. <laughs> someone should send Boris a, shel- a Sharpie in general. That might help him uh, with his power problems. I think I described it as, um, to Americans about the situation in the EU is that like Britain's in the spare room indefinitely. <laughs> We're just like sleeping in the spare room. We're yeah. not allowed in. <laughs> and we, yeah. Right. It's like when you it get reminds me keep... of like when Texas wouldn't join America and they were just starving and were destroyed. And it wasn't until like they were reduced to ash that it was like, yeah, we'll join. Right, right. I grew up, I grew up in Texas. So we studied a lot of Texan yeah, yeah, history. Yeah. And it was say, just, it was a... nothing but. Just, just this berserk pride. Yeah, I mean, we're running out of medications. Where there's like kind of lists of stuff that we are oh, currently, you know, that we get that we get that's madness. from Europe. So, uh, yeah. Well, I, um, we are going to keep track of the fucking nightmare that is the UK. By the way, oh, and the other thing is. Like Scotland would most certainly secede, right? Oh, right. So what we there's a second referendum for independence that's being talked about at the moment. I mean, the Scot the SNP <laughs> were singing in Parliament. Like that's how, like yeah, singing yeah. like just singing song. Like Parliament has gone to someone called the Black Rod came out to like when when the Speaker stepped down, John Burko quit. Yeah. Like and the <laughs> this is someone who's dressed like Adam Ant and looks like. <laughs> One of my aunts and look up a picture of the black rod and like just when you think it can't get any weirder, someone snatched the mace in parliament. Like it's all gone batshit. There's been like hundreds of years of this kind of seemingly um, uh, etiquette, yeah. like kind of or like you know uh, very British kind of polite, not polite because they're always banging the table a bit, hubbubbing. But like that, you know, there was a veneer at least, I guess, of supposed. Right. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Customs, like etiquette, customs and yeah. etiquette, and like just behaviour, decorum. Decorum. Like Rees Mogg is lounging around and the on the benches. People are singing. It at the black rods come out. It's turning, <laughs> <laughs> turning into. It's te- like it's it's gone Old Testament. Oh, I don't know what's it happening. Like if someone, it's it's one of those that like if I saw it in a cartoon and they brought in someone who had a mace, I'd be like, this is dumb. Yeah, this is this is jump the shark for me. There's been so much of this recently. I was like, if I read this in fiction, I would go, no. That's, yeah, 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 totally. Well, okay, you guys, we'll see what happens with Brexit 
And it might take years of us talking about fucking Brexit. Uh, and hopefully, uh, hopefully not. Wouldn't it be amazing if just like next week they figure it out and it's done? Yes. <laughs> like, oh, it's fixed. It. We've been talking uh, about it for three years. It's, it's one of those so things. It's so boring and fascinating <laughs> at the same time. I've done all the jokes about it. What else is there left to say? It's just like trundling on and, and on. Oh, God. It's like a loveless marriage. Like We'll be like 40 <laughs> years down the line. We'll be like... Well, I can't believe we still haven't left. <laughs> but I guess we're just used to hating each other now. And that's... Uh, all right, Brexit, the loveless marriage. Um, okay, <laughs> let us move on um, to the next topic. But before we go, I wanted to let you guys know that I know a woman running for New Jersey State Assembly. Her name is Laura Fortgang. She's in New Jersey's 26th. And I hope you check her out and help strengthen that blue wave on the state level where it really could count, you guys. Um, so if you are in New Jersey, if you are if you live in New Jersey's 26th, um, please, please look her up. Uh, you can find her on um, you can find her at fortgangforassembly.com um, and fortgang is what you think it is. It's F-O-R-T-G-A-N-G so fortgangforassembly.com uh, and uh, yeah and, and, and if you guys have any interesting races you want to highlight as always please send them to me. Um, I am I'm I'm up for that shit, and you know it's all we're we're starting to uh, get you know things are starting to get spicy uh, with the 2020 elections. All right, let us move on to topic number three. This uh, topic came to us from a listener. Um, she is is uh, related to um, Robin Heitman, who was killed in New York City this past June. Um, it was her first day working as a bike courier, and she was hit by a delivery truck. Uh, Robin was an extremely capable and experienced cyclist. Um, and I should point out that this year so far, there had been 12 cyclists killed in New York. Um the listener also goes on to explain about her family's experience with cycling, um, pointing out that these are their fatalities, not just in New York, uh, but they're on the rise nationally. I mean, there are 840 deaths in 2016, the highest in 25 years. Wow. Um, and uh, and our listener is on a kind of personal crusade to help spread awareness. Um, and I just want to say uh, to our listeners, I'm so sorry for your loss. And I was really inspired by the fact that you were able to take this raw grief and try to build awareness around it. So thank you so much for writing. Um, this is, you know, loss must just be unspeakably sad. Um, but this real, but but her email really got me to thinking about our relationship with cycling. Um, and again, this is something that's kind of come out of New York City local news, but it is an issue all around the country. Um, what struck you about the story and how can you explain the surge? I mean, my, my immediate theory is that I feel like cycling is getting more and more popular. Yeah. Um, like I have so many friends who are avid cyclists. And one of the things they say is like, you, it is just a matter of time before you get doored, before someone who's parked opens a door like right in front of you and you hit it. Yeah. Um it's yeah, it's it's crazy. I actually biked for a little while in New York before I just got like And was it scary? Over- was it Yeah, I found it very scary and I wasn't going through particularly busy areas. Um and then <laughs> this was sort of what sealed it. Um I was I was biking and I got a used bike and the the chain came off. Oh, God. So the pedaling oh, no. stopped working and I was I was pedaling while standing up. 
And this is this is back when I had testicles, and I fell down and racked <laughs> myself and nearly hit a parked car. Oh my um, god! And there was no there were no cars on the road, and it was like not because I'm I'm like an aware person. I'm like I'm a good I'm a good driver. I've got like a good like 360. I'm good at. I feel like I've avoided a lot of accidents that like other people wouldn't. But like yeah, I mean a lot of the most athletic people I know get into bad accidents. Like my friend. Uh, Matt Rubano, who's a musician and comedian, who's actually for a long time the bassist of Taking Back Sunday, <laughs> and, and has a Grammy for the Miseducation of Lauren Hill. He was like 19 and played oh, bass. Shit. One of okay. my favorite albums. Yeah, I, so I heard good. that he was in the rock band, and I was like, oh, well, I know that. I'm going to ignore that because I don't really know that band. And then I found out he was on the Miseducation of Lauren Hill. I was like, I asked for that for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but he just woke up in a hospital, like at some point, and he still doesn't know what happened. Like he tried <gasps> to find the footage, but... He was on his bike, and then he woke up in the hospital. Wow. Something happened. And, like, he d- like it doesn't know if it was, like, a hit and run or what. Had they put him into a sort of medically induced coma or something? No, he was just, he just, he was just out. out. He was knocked out for, like, probably, like, I don't, I don't, I don't, well, he doesn't exactly know how long. Wow. You know, and, and you're absolutely right that the number of daily bike rides has just increased. It's, in fact, it's more than doubled between 2012 and 2017. Um, there's uh, nearly half a million cycling trips made every day uh, in New York City. Um, I think that, you know, it's so interesting. We're, like, kind of in, in a convergence of a, a bunch of different things happening. A, we have city bikes. Uh, you also have a city uh, bike share program in Boris London. Boris bikes. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> it was when it? Boris was mayor of London. Oh, are uh, they, so these were they really heavy, called Boris bikes? Well, they were called Boris I mean, bikes. Just like, yeah, yeah. Conversationally, yeah. Wow, that's fun. Yeah, so we have that system. It's extremely popular, um, and it, and it's great. I mean, you know, my husband uses it every day. He will do anything in his power not to ride the subway. He bikes absolutely everywhere using city bike. Uh, and it's great. And he makes him feel good. And he's out in the open air. And he's getting some exercise. I mean, it's just I, I get the appeal. The other interesting thing is like, so there's that. But we also have an increased number of rideshare cars on the streets. Uh, so it's just led to generally more congestion of cars. So there's more bikes, but there's also more cars. Um, and there uh, that that so that 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 creates congestion all around and more dooring opportunities and all of that stuff. Oh, yeah. And the subways are getting worse. So that's which I imagine lends itself towards more bikes. Right. And the subways have gotten worse. And then if you look at the rest of the country, there are no subways. So um, so people are – It's in some places, it's just like a broken busing system or a very unpopular busing system that maybe doesn't go very many places – one of the few modes of transport then. Yeah. So it kind of is like if unless you drive, which most people in other cities drive, uh, biking is maybe your only thing. Now, the interesting thing is like we actually have bike lanes here in New York City. One, It's only one in five streets have a bike lane. So it's not like we're swimming in fucking bike lanes. Uh, it's still only at 20 percent. But and, and hopefully that number is going up. But the problem is it's like you'll be on a bike lane and then suddenly you won't be on a bike lane because it's just not a comprehensive system of bike lanes. Uh, But where they are protected, I mean, it's nice. You're in a separate lane. Um, There's a row of parked cars, which could door you. Uh, But there are technically a row of parked cars, like, protecting from the traffic. I think the other interesting thing about this is 
the level of anger people have about cyclists. I I it do get feels cyclist rage. Yeah, to, well, to, to, I mean, and I, I want as them a pedestrian to be safe. or as as a pedestrian, uh, because many cyclists obey no laws. They're coming the the wrong way down one race streets. Like I got hit by a bicycle after being in New York for like four months because a guy was going down uh, one way street in the wrong direction, and I just checked the correct direction. And I was so fresh from the Midwest that I apologized to him. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've had friends saying that that the the when I cross, I'm staying with my friends. And they're like, as you cross this, there are cycle lanes, and they're like, but you have to look both ways. They said in particular delivery, food, like delivery. You have yeah, delivery, delivery. Yeah, food yeah. delivery. couriers and yeah. stuff like that, yeah. And, because and they're on deadlines and they're like, we rushing. just need to get there. That's yeah, the it's like truckers it... and, and methamphetamine and how like they're almost forced to do it because they have to keep these unrealistic deadlines. Yes. I mean, that's the, it, that's a, that's an excellent point. So not only are we dealing with congestion in the streets from rideshare apps, we're also dealing with people who are working for Instacart or, you know, the, these um, popular delivery services. And they're on bikes and they're they're going at uh, speeds and in directions that are illegal um, and they have to do it so that they can earn some piddly wage. So the interesting thing about the problem is that it's it hits a million different issues of income inequality, like whether or not we have a living wage, we don't, um, you know, how how we treat congestion and traffic, how we treat pedestrians, whether or not we have sufficient public transport. All of these issues kind of come together to create more cyclist deaths. It, it does lead to the bizarre true sentence that late stage capitalism causes bicycle accidents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, <laughs> that's exactly it. That's exactly it um because yeah and so i think uh it like right like the gig economy um so so much of it is involved and the other th- interesting thing to me about it though is that it's such a simple talking about occam's razor solution to our kind of clean energy problem there's really sort of no reason why we can't uh most of us be riding bikes if you look at something like beijing circa 1995 or whatever everybody was on a bike that's what you found on the street in holland they do that Right, and in Holland they but do that. But also, I think bikes have the right of way. Everything is everything is around bikes. Is around bikes. Is built around so people have cycling, but they also have elect like ch- like powered bikes. You know. Yeah. Um, do you think that there's that stuff. in the what? So I don't know how long you've been in the United States, um, but do you feel like there's any kind of? And you've been to Los Angeles? Yes. So they're little birds. They're I, just, little. I just thought about those in a different conversation like I two days love ago. Them. I couldn't stop laughing because just the they're thought scooters. that you can put them. Yeah, they're scooters and you can rent them. And then you there's not a docking station. You just, you just leave them. Just leave them. But people have been throwing them off buildings out of. So people who live there hate it. I was in Venice Beach. And we'd gone to visit some friends and they were like, well, we'll just we'll just scoot down there. We'll grab a couple of these little things. And they're <laughs> such great fun. The only thing is, is that, again, then there's safety concerns come up because really, if you're hopping around on one of those little birds, you should have a helmet because they go like 25 or something, you know, like 30. I don't know. Wow. Um, I think I heard and- it, was, it was like 16, which is shockingly oh, fast. Is that 30? Would that be like 25 in... Um, 
Yeah, it would be miles about that. per hour rather yeah, yeah. than kilometers per hour. Some fi- uh, five thirds. Right, right. So yeah, so, so <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. that's the uh, so so yeah. So you're just you're 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 licking along like at that. a pace. Yeah, you're licking along at a pace, and you, we saw someone come off one, like just literally hit a corner and come off. So. They are, but they're great fun. And the, what, the do convenience. You take them on the sidewalk? You, How do you drive them? Well, on... you're supposed to have them on the on the road. On you're the not road, supposed to have right. them on the pavement. But then I saw a woman trip over some and a guy was like, throw it in the garbage, you know, like like to, you know, like kick it but in the this road. To me is because like because these were people hating them. But what is the point of hating them? Why? Well, also, why, the, why we, the reason like... the woman tripped over it is because she was looking on her phone. Like let's right. that that's one of the other issues. She had her face in her phone, so there was one sticking out a bit. She wasn't looking in front of her and she tripped. Well to over. be fair, I generally walk down the sidewalk with some idea that I'm not having to deal with errant Every, scooters. Yeah, 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 true. <laughs> But they are about, they're, they're annoying everyone for that. But I think they're great. I think they're really, they're so convenient. You can literally go, I've done it to get and to that my is the car, future. which is, I've had to park miles <laughs> away, away on my, right. in LA. And I've gone, I'll just hop on this little scooter, get down. You but, know, the interest, but that's the thing is wind that. Wind in my hair. <laughs> that drivers hate these things. Drivers hate cyclists. Drivers hate scooterists. Drivers hate pedestrians. Um, and I think that is something that ha- we need to have some sort of a cultural shift around it because why is it that these other forms of transport your legs or a scooter or whatever are somehow not acceptable to drivers it's 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 absurd i think it's because there's not an, there's not an infrastructure for it so that you do have people doing errant out their stuff or you're not as prepared for it because you don't as a driver you don't know the because i've mostly driven in my life me too um, and, but in the Midwest, when I saw a cyclist, I was like, oh, this is very simple. I treat it like a car. Give it that much room. I give it that much room. If I'm going to go around them, I'm going to wait until I have a lot of space yeah, because they're functioning safe. as a car. And, and then that is it. In the city, it's this between thing where part of the time you have to function as a pedestrian. Part of the time you have to function as a vehicle. And other people, like pedestrians and cars, don't respect that. I walk in the bike lane. Uh, I yeah, walk in the bike terrible. lane. I, I try and I try but and stay aware. So but we have so many sidewalks. When, Why would you even need to do that? Because I'm often in Midtown, and tourists are walking like five abreast at like half a mile an hour. Oh yeah, okay, right. Yeah, and, and you're it's like, like, I just need to get round you. Yeah, I'm moving between gigs. Right, so like, we just we have a congestion problem. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and there's and there's nothing to support it, which which means that since since there's not a way for cyclists to navigate properly that everyone is in the way of everyone else. It's set up such that it is impossible to interact. Can you well. imagine so still, can oh, you God. imagine in, in your, whatever what what part of the Midwest are you from? Uh Indianapolis. Indianapolis. Can you imagine and I've 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 been to Indianapolis multiple times. Why? Uh for <laughs> shows. For shows. I've had a great time, Indianapolis. Um can you Ow. imagine bikes uh becoming a dominant form of transport there? I I do wonder that. Everything is just so much farther apart. Right. I mean, Indianapolis, it's actually this shocked me when I found out. It's like the 11th biggest city in the country. Oh, yeah. I can um, see that. But it's primarily suburbs. Like, if I, in Indiana, like, to go visit a friend, oftentimes that would be like a 50-minute drive, mm-hmm. um, hour and a half drive to go visit friends that are, like, a little bit more outside the city. I, I don't know 
as much how that works. Like there would have to be there would have to be a train system. Yeah. There would have to be a great bus system in yeah. order for for like to bikes supplement and scooters. Bikes. Yeah. 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 And then if we had I mean and, and that's where it's heading because we don't have an infinite amount of fuel or energy or maybe like we nailed does, and down does it some really sort of feel solar like that's car. Where it's heading? I mean, I guess, and this is my my question for listeners: for whatever is happening in your own cities, um, is there a, any kind of march towards making first of making cycling more? Um, safer uh for creating infrastructure around cycling like for becoming holland you know what i mean like is there the problem is we're a newer country we built things not around pedestrian activity which is a lot of europe european cities were built around that we were not built that way um except for a couple of exceptions and so we really need to do more infrastructure work to be able to make things comfortable for pedestrians and cyclists alike yeah, like it's, in indianapolis it's like if you want to walk through the city sometimes there's just no sidewalk on a road no i've i've experienced that in los angeles i walked maybe a mile to get to a meeting but did you hike which i think you <laughs> I think you actually hiked. <laughs> I mean, and it's funny because I looked at Google Maps. It was like a 30-minute walk or something. And I was like, oh, that's nothing. I'll do a 30-minute walk. I'd rather do that than get a, you know, a lift. And it was dangerous. I mean, it was just straight up. I was just like, I am too close to the cars. How is this happening? I'm traveling from a point in Los Angeles to another point in Los Angeles. I wasn't even going into a suburb or anything like that. And it was just straight up dangerous. So there's a lot of and then, the, you know, I think the thing that upsets me is that like I was just in a uh, I was shooting a movie. It doesn't matter. A very small part. <gasps> ah, and yes. I was with a bunch of uh, celebrities and we were in a van and um they were so there was like congestion on the streets and uh, and there was a bike lane and these very liberal, outspoken liberal celebrities were fucking complaining. They were pissed that there was a bike lane. They're like, you know, they just keep building these bike lanes and there's like not enough room for this van to be idling that's going to cart celebrities from one point in Manhattan to another point in Manhattan. And I was just like shocked out of my mind that I was hearing this because it's like you would never hear them say that publicly or whatever. But I was like, what? Like, first of all, we should be on bikes right now, you know, yeah. as actors moving yeah. from one point to another but point. Are, are rich liberals really liberal? Yeah. Well, yeah. So that's, I mean, so I just, I I think the national attitude shouldn't be, it, it's so driver-centered. This city's built for centered. it. Yeah. This is built for cycling. It is. Like London isn't we've got all these higgledy piggledy you've got a grid system like glasgow higgledy, piggledy. um but you've got a grid it's pretty flat yep. everywhere and it's easy to do on foot and cycle yeah. um where i live it i'm at the top of a hill so that's my nightmare i bought a bike in edinburgh for the fringe i got about happily on it but i did feel a bit scaredy <laughs> yeah <laughs> like a lot of the time it's and reasonable. then i was like i don't have a helmet i should have a helmet that's my bad like stuff like that you know and then I was like, can I even get this back to London? Is it even worth it? Because the hill's so steep. Yeah. That this is going to be, I'm doing a workout to get somewhere as opposed yeah. to a bit of gentle exercise. Right, right, right. In order which to is get where, to Which is where work. electric bikes, I think, are going to come in. Yes. It's going to help facilitate those hills and stuff like that. Well, you guys, I mean, I don't know if you could tell. I'm a big fucking fan of cycling. And I'm a big fan of making it safer for cyclists and I, I'm a big fan of us just getting rid of cars. We and don't need them 
if we're in our daily lives inside of cities, there are other ways we can get around. And I just I know it's going to take decades to transform American cities into that. But I, I it also feels from a climate change perspective, it's really our only. Option. I mean, it's going to happen when we run out of oil. I mean, everyone's pretending like we aren't going to run out of meat and oil, but. Those are, I think, time sensitive. We have congestion charges and stuff coming in here, like we have in London. Yeah, right? we do. So yeah. I have my, I have my car, but now if I want to take it into into central London, and I didn't realize when I bought it because I bought a diesel, um, well, the diesel or petrol car. So like I, uh, I, there's a charge on that because of the consumption of fuel. So I pay something like ten pounds a day for that. And then ten for the congestion charge. So before I've even put any fuel it's in my shilling, car, yeah. or, or part, yeah, te- like twenty, twenty pounds. So that's, if I go into the center of oh, town, yes. and then does that I function for you as um, uh, what's what's it called? Um, a hint, uh, what's the word? Oh my god. A thing that makes you not want to do it. Oh yeah, it makes it make it <laughs> makes it. Yeah, it, it, it is a deterrent. Deterrent. Yeah, it is. And, and but sometimes also I need to go in for gigs or something, and I don't want to get the train that night, or I need to pop in. And but but it's easier just to get the the train. And I have a nice I have a nice like convertible car. I enjoy driving hey. it. It's a Volvo. But it's lovely to have the roof down and drive about. But it, kind of going into the center of town, I'm like, right, it's twenty pounds before I've parked, before I've got petrol. So I'm looking at sort of thirty, forty pounds. Yeah, that's, that's you know, ridiculous. Yeah, um, and so I'm like, that's I'll just get I'll just get on the train. Right, <laughs> right. And and we, you know, in London, we do the transport is although our subway, your subway runs all night. Ours underground stops well, at like midnight. Kind of runs all night. Right. It's like slower in the middle of the night. And sometimes you just happens. cannot get home. Yeah. I mean, there's alternatives and bus Fire balloons and whatever. <laughs> <laughs> we should let's start thinking about some of these other. What about hot air ballooning? Yeah, what about skiing when it snows? Uh, the, the tech pros. <laughs> yeah. Tech pros are talking about um, the fucking, uh, what are those? Uh, per, one man ho- like hovercraft. Oh, the, the, yeah. Back to the drones, future. One man drones. That's what they're talking oh. about. Oh, really, yeah. what? Like, how do they work? Basically, it would be like a helicopter style jet like pack. on your <laughs> on your head in a cap oh yeah <laughs> like yeah. inspector gadgets <laughs> so everyone's gonna have to start working their necks because otherwise it would just pop your head <laughs> off your brain stem. oh my god um all right you guys people of fake the nation we leave you with that image but please uh, let me know what's going on in your city is there something exciting on this front and uh, and thanks again for the listener who reached out um, I think this is such an important issue uh, and I'm so curious to hear how it's working out in other places in America alright you guys that's the end of the show how do you feel? Uh, I mean I, I feel like I'm, I'm constantly suppressing incredible existential horror <laughs> like my mindfulness practice is sort of putting on blinders and like partially removing myself because I don't know I don't know what else to do great (laughs) (laughs) Tiff how do you feel like I'm wearing the wrong size tampon (laughs) as I said at the top that was so great it was such a clear metaphor for me Um, Um, yeah uncomfortable discomfort (laughs) but hopeful that positive change can happen soon nice yeah because at the end of the day every uncomfortable tampon comes out um, all right, you guys, I want to, uh, oh, I would love for the people of Fake the Nation to know where to find you guys. Um, how do they find you? Where do they it, it consume all of your good works? Oh, yeah, I am uh, 
Chloe Kozer, K O S E R on uh on Twitter. I'm Chloe P Kozer on Instagram and uh my one woman show about coming out as a woman in my 30s and already as a, as a comedian goes up at UCB Hell's Kitchen two times a month for what should be the next like 6 to 10 months, I think. Amazing. Yeah, right. Amazing. Check that out. It's the best show in the city. <laughs> <laughs> That's a way to sell it. Yeah. Agree, agree. Yeah. Tiff, how do they find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Tiff Stevenson. You can find me on Instagram, Tiff Stevenson Comic, although I'm not as good on that. Twitter's my my baby. Um, and uh, my show, Mother, is going to be at Union Hall on Saturday. Oh, the, that's Saturday. Yeah, in New York Saturday City. at 10 okay. p.m. Oh, awesome. And um, so come along, come along if you want to come, come along, along uh, at 10 o'clock. And then I am doing it in London um, on the 16th. And then I'm out to LA to do the show on the 19th and 20th at the Lyric Hyperion. I'm going to make all so three of you. Come to all, <laughs> come to all four. Come to all four. four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on yeah. three. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but it's, um, it's my Edinburgh Fringe show and. Um, Oh, yeah, I can't be self-deprecating in America. I have to. I have to be. I can't go, oh, it's fine. It's a bit shit. Oh, I suppose come. I have to say, I have to say. It's no, the it's, best show. It's, yeah, it's it a special show. Chloe like, show. It, it's, mm. um, yeah. <laughs> it's on a different night, so you'll be fine. Um, yeah. And um, But it was one of the best-reviewed shows at the Edinburgh Fringe. Nice. Out of, like, kind of 3,000-odd comedy shows, it was at the top 20 best reviews. Holy Hell yeah. shit. Holy yeah. shit. I find that unsurprising. You're you hilarious. Guys, oh, please, please do check Thank out you. both of Two. these shows. Um, and I don't have a solo show happening right now. Uh, but, like I said, you could come to the New, Amer- New American Festival. To go to any of the events at New American Festival. I think it's a fantastic um, festival, and you should definitely support it. Um, if you would like to see me, uh, I'm Sunday at 4 p.m. Uh, I would like to thank. Oh, and then also, please read my um, piece in the Progressive about Iran um, and our ongoing diplomatic struggles. Um, it's fun, um, and uh, yeah, and um, and there's upcoming shows here and there that um, that you can see me in. Uh, but I really would like to thank the production team here at Fake the Nation. That's our producer, Harry Nelson, our talented audio engineer, Andy Christens, Gabby Alter wrote our theme music, Lily Fleshler helps with research. And you guys, um, please leave us feedback uh, because that helps us um, with ideas, guests, guest ideas, um, anything you want to hear on the show. Um, please, you can uh, leave us a voicemail at 347-770-4981 or you can drop us a line at comptofakethenation.com and um, if you like what you hear, leave us a review. That helps people find the show. That's an actual thing. Uh, thank you so much. You guys will be back next week. <laughs>